Good day, sports fans and tennis fans. This is another episode of the Chip and Gary Tennis Show. I'm Gary Plock, and Chip Hooper, who's not with us today, is uh, uh, where we have a, or I guess I have a guest that is a high school tennis coach in Louisville, Kentucky, at Assumption High School. And imagine you're the golf coach too. This is Steve Frank. Steve, welcome to the show tonight. Steve, what uh, what got made you get into uh, uh, tennis coaching? I know that uh, I know a little bit about your background. You were a basketball player at Seneca High School in Louisville, the same school that Wesley Unseld and uh, I guess a few other famous basketball players went to. But uh, you you ended up playing golf for the University of Louisville, and then became a tennis coach. That seems a little bit strange because not many golf coaches get into tennis a lot of tennis players get into golf how did that happen for you well i took up tennis when i got out of college because it was like something new to do and i got hooked on it i like playing year-round and playing inside during the winter and um, I, I made a goal to become a, like a local tennis player, be pretty good in tournaments, like in the state. And I did work my way up to being a pretty good player around town. So I became a tennis player for about 15 years and not much of a golfer. What made you then, walk? Um, what made you walk away from the golf? Uh, what was the main reason for that? Were you raising a family and it just took more time, or took too much time? Is this? You play 18 holes by the time you drive there, actually tee off and play, it's five and a half hours. Uh-huh. And I like the challenge of tennis. It was, you know, hour and a half practice or playing, and um, this, this, it was just a new sport for me to try to get better at. Well, you know, it's it would be interesting for our listeners to know, because I'm sure a lot of them play golf as well as tennis. Um, what are the, what's the biggest similarity and what's the biggest difference between the two sports? I think the similarity is both are highly, what you call a technique sport, no matter how good an athlete you are, uh, you have to have the technique, uh, especially golf. I mean, if you don't do it right, I don't care how coordinated you are, it isn't going to work. And uh, tennis the same way, uh, you've got to have the right technique. Uh, You can only get this so far, and after that, it does become technique. Now, um, tennis, you definitely have to be a better athlete uh, as far as foot speed, obviously strength, stamina, if you're going to be a top tennis player because um, any top college player I see is a tremendous athlete. They're, they're all super fast. They look like basketball players after. So. Uh-huh. so that's the biggest difference. Probably golf, you might have to be maybe a little bit mentally stronger because uh, you're out there, you know, four and a half hours. Every shot counts. Uh, tennis, you got uh, second serves, uh, you can lose the first set, it doesn't matter, but in golf, you can blow it on the first three holes and you're over with. So, it's a now, little different. Yeah, that's, re- that's, that. that's really interesting. I was sitting with a man who uh, had a daughter playing in one of the national tennis tournaments, and he also, I said, boy, you must really be nervous. And he goes, nervous? I'm not nervous at all. I said, He said, I've got another daughter that's an Olympic gymnast, and Buddy, you put one little finger the wrong way and it's over. But in tennis, my my girl here, she can lose a hundred points and still win the tennis match. And he goes, there is no comparison about being nervous. And so that's kind of similar to what you're saying in in golf. Did you uh, 
Did you have any? Did you rub shoulders with any professional golfers on your U of L golf team when you were playing back then? Well, uh, we had one professional that ended up making it on the PGA Tour pretty big. His name was Ted Schultz. He was a freshman when I was a senior. Obviously, you know who he is. He graduated from your high school, Ballard High School in Louisville. Also, uh, several other athletes like Alan Houston played NBA basketball. Came out of Ballard, and um, so that was the one in our. Uh, area when I grew up, it was in Kentucky and Louisville. It was now that I look back, it was unbelievable because we had like five PG tour players. Uh, Jody Mudd out of Louisville was like Ted Schultz, a top 25 player in the world for a while. And then you had Russ Cochran who played for UK, was on the tour forever and the senior tour. Kenny Perry down in Bowling Green, everybody's heard of, of course. Fuzzy Zoller right across the river. And another guy named Brad Fable out of Madisonville, Kentucky, played on the tour 20 years. So that's who I was playing against. Obviously, they were out of my league. So. And then there were a couple of couple of men a uh, little older than us that uh, came out of Louisville that were great golfers, too. Yeah, Bobby Nichols won the PGA, uh, Frank Beard, Lady Money winner on the tour. And uh, Gabe Brewer out of Lexington won the Masters. Oh, that's right. So. That's right. Kentucky's got a real rich tradition in golf, and uh, that's really interesting. So getting back to the tennis, uh, so you you transitioned. You were a successful businessman, and you retired from your business, and and then you, you just wanted something to do, or how did that come about with the uh, tennis? Well, as you know, um, uh, Gary was the uh, head coach at Assumption, and I asked him to be the assistant coach because I wanted to get back in tennis because when I was raising my kids and playing travel ball and everything, um, I, I pretty much did not play tennis for 10 years, and I just sort of want to get back into it. And then when uh-huh. I got back into it, I liked the school and the players, and I just always wanted to be a coach maybe because I'm just a big sporting person, so um, that was my entry level in. And what uh... – what, what's it like coaching? Uh, give us a little idea of what it's like coaching a high school tennis team. Uh, well, there's uh, quite an array of personalities. You, you usually have, uh, if you have a pretty good team like we do, there's like three or four that play tournament tennis, aspire to maybe play in college. And uh, you have to treat them maybe a little different. They take their lessons from their teaching pros during the week, and they get in tournaments, so sometimes they're not at practice. But uh, you just sort of have to let it go that way because they are playing tennis. And then you got the rest of them who some of them want to be good, but they don't play tournament tennis when they don't take lessons, so you try to develop them. And then there's the other half of the team that's just – just want to be on the team, so you try to bring them along too. But there's always surprises. Um, there's always a couple that you never would dream that end up being pretty good by the time they're seniors if uh, you stick with them. How many do you typically uh, keep on a tennis team? You know, you just uh, coach we girls. We generally have about 18 to 20. That includes all the JV players and varsity. That's unusual. Most schools in town would not have that many players. But we're a private Catholic school with a pretty uh, big student body. So, is the uh, do you see high school tennis going down, staying the same, or getting more popular in terms of people playing it? Well, the six years I've been in it, it I, I'd say it stayed the same. Uh, there's always going to be a group of players that are pretty strong. Uh, maybe it's going down a little bit. Uh, 
average team seem to have maybe a little less players and the skill level seems to be down just a little bit. I see. <laughs> I, I see. And, and, and typically, will you ever go out of town for tournaments or you usually just stay in Louisville, Kentucky? Well, we play in one big tournament. Uh, we're fortunate enough to get in. It's the uh, Deco Turf Tournament. It's been in Chattanooga, Tennessee the last few years. It's the uh, best tournament, strongest tournament you can get in uh, west of the Mississippi, uh, east of the Mississippi. There's like 17 teams, and they, they turned away 100 teams this year. Uh, wow. 17, well, 17 states were representative, and they had four divisions. And this year, for the first time, we won a division. We won the D division. And uh, it must be pretty strong around Louisville because uh, we won the D division and the B division, which would be super strong, uh, North Oldham, just outside of Louisville won. And then the A division, uh, Sacred Heart, who has the best team in the state of Kentucky, they went 2-2 two and two against the very best teams in the South and the Midwest. And the two, two matches they lost were like 5-4. to four. Uh, They were very close to winning the A division. So Lowell had a pretty strong showing uh, in this tournament because it is the strongest tournament by far in high school tennis east of the Mississippi River. Well, you, uh, you really put a good schedule together. Not all teams, not all schools, some of the high schools, it seems like they're in tennis in Kentucky. It seems to be the haves and the have-nots in terms of who's playing, who's taking lessons. There's a seem to be a concentrated amount of good players at, at a few schools, or maybe a half dozen to a dozen schools around the state. Um, what's your what's your schedule like? Well, we'll play, uh, I try to play the best teams in Louisville. We definitely go out of the state and play the best teams in their region. And we, we did call, go across the bridge to Indiana. We, we played Providence last week, and they had the uh, defending Indiana State singles girls champ on their team. So we generally try to play the best teams because we just don't want to go out there and play somebody and it's, it's not any good for them and not any good for us. So Lexington has usually three or four very strong teams, Lexington, Kentucky. They're pretty strong in tennis too. So. I see. And at Chattanooga, the tournament, you mentioned the Deco Turf. Uh, I think Chattanooga is probably the number one tennis city, historically speaking, in the South. They've just had, uh, and they've got a lot of facilities down there, don't they? It's a beautiful tennis town. It's, it's like uh, probably a hidden gem or nobody knows about it. It is unbelievable how many tennis sites in that town they have. It's like Baylor. They have indoor, they have two indoor courts for the girls and the boys plus they have about 25 outside courts and all over town there's tennis courts everywhere and you know some really nice locations um way better than uh, like let's say Louisville and Louisville is quite a bit bigger than uh Chattanooga there's no comparison what what they have down in Chattanooga yeah now Steve's talking about Baylor prep school which uh was Basically founded by one man, Alex Gary, I think, or maybe maybe his father before him, and also who also founded the uh, Swanee, the University of the South, and he had uh, he had a son that was a national champion and one of the best uh, players in the country for a long time, Zan Zan Gary. Um, so outside of that, then you 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 play a, a season and then. Uh, 
And, and let me ask you about that. The season in Kentucky is in the spring. Are they talking about changing that to the fall? Uh, there's been no talk about it whatsoever. They changed golf from the uh, spring to the fall a few years ago, but everybody wants to play in the fall, but they got to have, like baseball, they want to do it too, but they do not want to change because uh, they got to keep some in the spring so they can hold their state championships because they can't hold like nine state championships in fall, like in, in October. Be oh, I, see. I see. Well, I was just wondering about that because a lot of times in Kentucky when the season starts, it's, it's still too cold to play. But um, uh, subsequently, you... Uh, Decided to take on the golf team as well. How long? How long ago did that happen? Uh, this fall will be my third year. So you're so you're doing the golf in the fall and the tennis in the spring, and I guess you're doing a little bit of both of them uh, on the off season. Is that correct? Pretty much all year round. Uh, mm-hmm. In a tennis team, we practice them a couple of times. Uh, they're voluntary practices in the fall. And I try to watch some of the better players in the summertime just to see how they're progressing. And, uh, and when January rolls around, we play three times a week inside in January and February to get ready for March when everything starts. So, uh-huh. who's who's your who's who's your captain on the tennis team this year? Her name's Jillian Stigler. Jillian Stigler, and she's a senior, and she's won a few good matches for you, hasn't she? Yes, she has. And usually my captain's not the best player. It's usually what I call the team player, the one that's always there, wants to play. Everybody has their, you know, her respect or, or they respect her, and that's how you, I usually pick the captain. So, like a lot of teams, you're looking for somebody that's going to be a leader. That's correct. I see. Well, tell me about some of the other players on your team. All right, we have, uh, by the way, Julia Steger made the all-tournament team down in uh, Chattanooga. She won a big and match at the end to kind of uh, clinch that division yeah, for you, didn't she? Yeah, she was the final match out of the last match in uh, singles. It was, it was four all, four courts, four matches each, and uh, she brought it home. So um, all this will be remembered for that because it's hard to win down there. Now, was this a scene like you see at the end of the uh, uh, NBA or where everybody's NCAA? Uh, everybody was smiling. It was a big thing because it's, it's our number one thing in the year. Uh, it's our number one event to play in. It's even better than playing in a region or state because it's a true team event. You play six singles and three doubles matches each match. So quite a few players are involved. So it's just really a nice tournament to play in. Well, you know, I, I, I remember when I was coaching this team and, and helping you coach the team, just the, the not only the difference uh, from when we were in high school, the workload that these student athletes have to do uh, and then keep up their sport. It's, and it's, it's a real lot, but uh, uh, you've had some great students and, and people that have gone on and really done well and a lot of scholarships academically. and. So you've you've been blessed with that. Who, who else who else is playing for you this year? Uh, one of our better players is Hamilton, Hamilton Nichols. She's a junior. She will uh, play in college if she wants to. Uh, probably, you know, well D two level. Uh, she could possibly play D one, but she's academically oriented, so that's first. So it's just what school she's going to go to. Uh, she made the all tournament team, and the other one who made the all tournament team was a freshman. 
Catherine Hudson. So she's going to be probably the best player uh, we've had since I've been there by the time she's a junior or senior. Now, Catherine Hudson, she comes from a, a little bit of a tennis lineage, doesn't she? Yes, she does. She comes from the uh, Hamrick uh, clan, so uh, which is grandmother, mother, and uh, now her and her little sister will be coming along in a two years. So. Is that right? And then you're talking about her grandmother, Mary Lou Hambrick, who was right. actually head of the Kentucky Tennis Association, right. and uh, Phil Hambrick, her husband. But uh, they've had uh, they've had a slew of uh, family tennis players. They're a great tennis family in Kentucky. I know. Uh, remember watching Brad, who went on to Vanderbilt, when the uh, Kentucky State High School maybe twice he, he, he at least got it once and may have gotten it twice but i know the girls were good players too and and mom was a very good player herself wasn't she yeah aaron she's coaching the team with me now and uh, she played for birmingham southern which was a division one team i so. see i see well that's uh that's that's good to have that uh family uh and so the, because sometimes you don't have one you have two or maybe three people playing if it's a a family sport like tennis is and now who else you got on the team uh we had one girl that would have been one of our best players this year she hasn't played this year uh, she's had some health problems her name's uh gabriel tinsley and then we have um, a newcomer, Mackenzie Morgan, a freshman. And uh, our senior, Olivia Zimmerman, starts. And then we have another a sophomore named Ashley O'Brien, who has uh, worked her way in the starting lineup. So. Uh-huh. What about Allison Fitzgerald? Yeah, now, well, yeah, Allison Fitzgerald, for our sophomore. Yeah, very good player. Uh, we'll play in college. She's a, she's a great player. So you've really, you've really developed a lot of players. Uh, because a lot of the kids at the top, like you say, take some lessons from other pros, but some of these other people that need to fill in the the team, you know, like Jillian and 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 Gabby, I guess, and Olivia Zimmerman, they they uh, they quite don't play as as much year round, probably. But uh, and maybe maybe Gabby does, and some of them. But uh, what do you think the key is to keeping a team together like that and get, getting them to peak during the season? Well, you got to see that they play year-round. Maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be 24-7, but they got to keep playing. And uh, most of our girls, once they get on the team, they become pretty close. Uh, like, I had two girls last year who went to Cincinnati not to play tennis. They could have played in college, but not at that level. And they're rooming together. And then I got two this year, Jillian and Olivia Zimmerman, they're going to University of Tennessee. Is that right? They're going, they're going to be volunteers. So they become very close friends, and you know the tennis team's pretty tight as far as uh, how everybody gets along, and you know most of them are probably be lifetime friends. Huh. Let's see. Now, who's going to Tennessee? Jillian and uh, Olivia, Olivia are both Zimmerman. going to yeah. Tennessee. How about that? And Gabby Tinsley is going to go to the University of Louisville. Is she? Yeah, almost all our girls that start usually are good enough to play Division three or Division two, but most of them they they go to the bigger schools. They're, it's all about academics. Uh, you know, they're done with high school tennis, even though they could. They've had several offers to you know go to Division three or two schools, but they just don't do it. Um, they're very academically oriented. 
So with all things being relative as they are in sports, uh, this is kind of like their their thing, high school tennis, because a lot of them are not going to be playing competitively after that. That's right. Most of them choose to... They're, you know, they're going to be a doctor. And I had a, a girl last year, Aaliyah Amati, got she was a governor scholar in the state of Kentucky, got a full ride to UK, and was promised a spot in med school. You know, as long as she keeps her grades up, so you know, she could have played like tennis division three or NAI for sure. But you know, she's going that route. I see. I see. Well. Um... Because of that, is it it different how you coach them uh, versus somebody that may want to play college tennis? Uh, Yes, you uh, you know, they're going to want not to play maybe every match because they got to study or, uh, so tennis is not their life. You know, it's it's like number five or six. So you just treat them different. We just try to have a lot of different players on a team that can step in, you know, and then the top players, they want to play every match, so you're going to have to take care of them. So that's sort of how it works. What do you see in, in, in the girls uh, in terms of their development, in terms of uh, how it was maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago when you were seeing, maybe you didn't see as much high school, but how has it changed in terms of the physicality of the sport or the way that it's played? I would think the probably the... The men or the boys haven't changed much, but I would think compared to 30 years ago, there's a, these, some of these girls are way more athletic and, and way better than the girls were 30 years ago because it's just emphasized more when they're younger. Like they, you know, they're going to shoot for a, you know, a scholarship in college, and the amount of money you, you know it can save a parent if they could get you know half a ride or three quarters is um, is out there. So um, of course it's like that in every sport now. Uh, everybody's looking to get their kids some scholarship money because college is so expensive. Uh-huh. And I'm sure the players as a whole, there might be one or two that could hang with some of these players, but in the top 10 or 12, I think probably these, on the girls' side, they're way better than they were like 30 years ago. And then in college tennis at the top level, there's so many foreign players, at least in, in D1 tennis. How is that How is that different in golf? Or the uh, golf is the same way. It, the winning division one, there's, I mean, you know, I'm sure it, the power five schools or the top 60, you know, every athletic director wants their team maybe be a top 25 team. And so the, the pressure on the coach at that level is, you know, there's only so many players you're going to be competitive with in America. And if you can't get those, you go over to Europe, like University of Louisville golf team, which I know the coach very well. And I'm, real familiar with what goes on uh they've got like four out of their top six or foreign players and they're they're like ranked around 19th or 20th in the country this year and he probably couldn't get six players like that out of the united states to be that competitive like in the acc where it's just like you know top 20 teams eight of them are out of the acc so to, to be you know to hang with the competition he has to go abroad he gets he's got a couple from he got one from England, one from Ireland. I think he's got two from maybe Czechoslovakia, or right in that area of Europe. So, so they work out well. That works out well for a lot of the foreigners coming over because they actually go to college and have a little training ground uh, where they're playing just like they're getting paid to play as pros, basically. Uh, 
Well, let me ask you a question. I know we're talking tennis here, but we're kind of, since you're a golf aficionado and great player of old, how big of a deal is it Tiger Woods winning this Master after 13 years? I mean, how diff, how hard is that to fathom that somebody could do that? I never thought he'd do it because he's in his 40s, and when you go a couple of years and you don't play competitively, and especially in your 40 at that level, to get back to the top is to me unbelievable especially since physically i mean he couldn't even finish around the golf literally about a year and a half ago he'd walk off the course after 12 holes and to get where you could play that top 10 like dustin johnson or justin thomas or rose and and beat those 10 which is another level it's just to me unbelievable because yeah he has to beat i mean in tennis you have to beat one person in golf you have to beat 72. Well, whatever. He's in a tournament, so which is why golf is tougher to win. And uh-huh. they don't seed it either. Like, you know, tennis tournaments, you know, first couple of rounds, the number one seed's probably going to win. So you win five. But tennis, you got to, I mean, golf, you got to, you know, major championship, you got to win, beat 150 players. Do you, uh, all in one day <laughs> or four days. <laughs> do you see him possibly winning another major? I think he will now because he won the Players' Championship at the end of the year. When he did that last year, I thought he could win again. Uh, I mean, a major, because that was a major tournament, really. You know, you got the 30 best players in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. You know, he might not beat Jack's record, but, you know, I think he'll win at least one more because he's won the end of the year tournament and now the Masters. So he's won the, you know, it's pretty strong. <laughs> is it quite a bit more difficult to become adept at hitting a golf ball versus hitting a tennis ball? I know we've got a, a lot bigger racket head than club head, and there's a lot of different dynamics in golf, but do you see any correlation at all? I think, you know, you can probably become a decent tennis player a little quicker than a golfer because. You know, if the ball's not moving super fast and you're a good athlete, I think you can figure out how to get it back. But golf, I mean, you walk out there, and you, like Ben Hogan said, every instinct you've got is wrong to hit a golf ball. So, I mean, it takes quite a long time to you know, somebody even break 90. Now, what did he mean by that, every instinct is wrong? Well, when you got over a golf ball, probably, you know, you generally most people, they pick the club up, they don't turn their shoulder. Everything they do is wrong. He said usually when somebody swings at a golf ball for the first few times, every everything they think or everything their body does is usually dead wrong. Huh. Well, Steve, uh, do you know anything about this pickleball? Have you seen or played any pickleball yet? I've seen it just for a second. I really don't know much about it. It looks like it's something you wouldn't want to do if you were playing tennis, too. I think it's totally would mess your strokes up. Well, it's interesting. It's the fastest sport in the world, and I think that one of the reasons is just about anybody can get out there and play it. They may not be good at first, uh, but you've got a short paddle, and I just wonder what kind of impact that is. It's already having an impact on tennis, but I think it's having an impact both ways that uh, some people that are playing pickleball are also starting to pick up tennis that didn't play tennis before. So it's kind of interesting to see what pickleball is going to have as an effect on tennis. Um, so what uh, what would you say, 
What would you say is the most satisfying thing that uh, for you in coaching? Um, I guess if um, developing, well, for our team, it's developing the players that don't take lessons and come out pretty much good athletes that are just past beginner stage. And then two years later, you see one or two of them ended up being really good players that could get the scholarship, which we've had, as you know, almost every year. There's like at least one that started out that way. And by the time they're a junior or senior, they start and they're very good players. Um, just developing somebody on your own, basically. So That's, that's satisfying to you. What yes, do- more than anything else more than winning. Of course, I hadn't won a state championship. Maybe if we ever do that, that might be the best thing, but that's the most satisfying thing there. How's the golf team coming? Well, the golf team at Assumption is, uh, when I got there, it was not very good. Hopefully this year, I'm try- hopefully we might get to the top ten in the state. I think we will. And I don't have any seniors that will start this year, so... Um, and I have four or five that came out as freshmen that are very dedicated and play year-round, and they put their uh, nose to the grindstone, and uh, it's paid off for them. Well, that's great. You're doing a great job there, Steve, and thanks for joining us tonight. And when Chip's back, let's talk again, and we'll have another little interview. Okay. Thanks so much for your time, Steve, and this is it for the Chip and Gary Tennis Show tonight. Have a good evening, Steve.